Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. And today's show is entitled, From Puppy Mill to Therapy Dog, Naturally. (laughs) Um, Today we are going to be speaking with um, Catherine Paris, and we hope that Dr. Gerald Westner, who is a holistic veterinarian, will be calling in also to join us. But we are going to be focusing on Catherine's uh, little dog today, so um, we'll be talking with her in just a minute. We hope that you guys will just hang out for just a, a minute as we hear from one of our partners. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hey, all you dog stylists. Are you on the cutting edge of canine design and shaggy chic? Groomer Has It on Animal Planet is now casting for Season 2. Groomer Has It is looking for competitive dog stylists with amazing personalities to compete to become Animal Planet's top groomer. $50,000 grand prize for the winner, plus weekly compensation for all contestants during filming. If you have what it takes to be the top groomer, then audition for Groomer Has It today. For more information, contact Catherine at 310-727-3337, extension 71272, or email groomer has it at gmail.com Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets where you can always expect the unexpected Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls animal angels and animals in religion with a little cryptozoology thrown in Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Now. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, as I said, we're going to be speaking with Catherine Parrish. Dr. Westner has not called in yet, so... <laughs> um, I'm a veterinarian. Do you know how they are, Jeannie? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but today we're, we're speaking with Catherine, and let me just tell you just a little bit about her. She is the author of Modern Day Slavery, Human Trafficking uh, Revealed, and her websites right off the jump are... Um, Catherine Paris, that's with a C, so it's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, Paris, P-A-R-I-S.com, moderndayslavery.org, and also womeninneednetwork.org. Welcome, Catherine. Yay, you're on our show this time. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, well, and Dr. Westner is your um, veterinarian, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's my veterinarian. And the only thing I can think of that would keep him from being here would be some sort of veterinary situation. You know, maybe right. maybe there's a full giving birth or mm-hmm. a cow that needs help or a dog that, you know, limped in. And, An emergency uh, of some yeah, kind. Yeah, he's, he's very dedicated. That happens to a lot of the veterinarians, by the way. They either call in later. Hopefully, he'll remember to call in. But um, at any rate, we can still talk with you since um, he is your veterinarian. And uh, we're going to be talking about your little dog, Puddins. I think that is such a cute name. Well, you know, she's so cute. And she's a little Puddin, so that's her name. Aww. She's just... She's about um, she's under ten pounds of love, you know. Aww. <laughs> Aww. She, so she's a um, a miniature poodle then. Right, she's a miniature poodle, and, uh, and. and she's just precious. I mean, it's, <laughs> well, why don't you before we talk about puddings, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about you and your background, and um, if you you know, and even though it's not necessarily on um, natural pet health or um, pets, what you're doing is to help humans, and it's pretty amazing. It's pretty serious too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, slavery is alive and well and uh, thriving in our country as well as around the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's unfortunately. We, yeah, it's very unfortunate. And, you know, I still find a lot of confusion with people when, when I talk to them about human trafficking. They'll right away go to illegal immigration, and I have to let mm-hmm. them know it's not illegal immigration. Right. This is slavery. And that's why the book's called Modern Day Slavery Human Trafficking Revealed, so I can kind of tie the two in together. And, you know, when I do seminars and workshops, I, um, I, I turn around and I focus on that. And I, and I even do um, a little introduction on the difference between immigration, smuggling, and trafficking. Mm. So it's, um, but it's a very serious situation. Yeah. And we've got, it's like there's over 27 million people enslaved around the world. Mm. Yeah, and I've actually seen a movie that came out recently on that, and it was so depressing. I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe people have to deal with this every day. And yeah. it was really, really, really sad. White slavery definitely is mm-hmm. in abundance and so forth, so yeah. it's really sad. But I think Dr. Wessner's on the line. Are you there, Dr. Wessner? Yes, I am. Oh, good. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> Probably hey, Gary. <laughs> Got to have the clinic, yeah. Yeah, I know that. Well, we just got through talking about Catherine's background a little bit. Would you care to give our audience a little overview of your background? Okay. Well, for the last uh, how many years now? 13 years, I guess. I've been a completely holistic veterinarian. I I did uh, graduate veterinary school. I practiced at the racetracks. I had uh, numerous small animal practices. Uh, For a while, I did nothing but acupuncture. So that was like in the mid-80s or so. I think for about five years, I just practiced acupuncture. And wow. um, 
So uh, as a result, uh, I've always had a, a bend for the holistic side. And then in, uh, in, in fact, um, I was so disgusted with regular practice, I just took several years off and did him in practice. And then, What did you do during that time? I was wondering, what was he doing during those five years? <laughs> oh, geez, I was just trying to make a go of it. I, was a, I tried being a mortgage broker, and I tried other things. And, you know, and um, I guess my forte is practicing holistic veterinary medicine because well, in '95 I started, uh, started up at the acupuncture practice again and then found out that there were diseases... Uh, that could be cured with homeopathics, and it would be better for the uh, racehorses because they wouldn't have to have a toxic drug. They wouldn't have mm-hmm. to come off the drug three to four days before a race, and then mm-hmm. if the race go, they'd be off it for even more time. So, you know, this there was this... Uh, problem with the toxic drugs, not so much the toxic drugs, but the drugs that would show in the, the, the post-race testing. So when that happened, I thought, this is really bad medicine. We're, we're engendering resistant strains. So um, so I uh, talked to Dr. Schaefer up in Pennsylvania, and I even went to ride with him for a day, and he's a holistic veterinarian up there, and, and he just showed me what is available now to learn how to, to use homeopathics to treat animals. So, so uh, I... Being a little bit in, on the uh, inventive side, I took Dr. Uh, Schaefer's, basically his prescription as to how he was curing uh, this uh, parasitic disease in horses that gets into the spinal cord. cord. It's called uh, equine protozoan myelitis, or we mm-hmm. call it EPM. Yeah. And uh, I made it uh, basically an over-the-counter homeopathic, so we've been able to send it, a, you know, any anytime person has a, an animal diagnosed now with this problem, we can just send them the, the homeopathics and the direction sheet oh, and, the, and the results are remarkable. Um, the, the, the homeopathics do so much more than the drug. The, the drug tends to kill the, the protozoan parasites, but it doesn't reconnect the nerve endings to the muscles. It doesn't open up the channels in the spinal cord. You know, so, and it doesn't help make them more resistant to it. So all the homeopathics did all the above. So, um, so that was, you know, basically how I got started. And then I, I got into, I mean, one thing after the other. We even have a homeopathic heartworm cure. Um, in six months after the treatment, 75% are negative. Even the ones that are still positive rarely come down with heartworms again. And I think we, we move them into a carrier state. Mm-hmm. We've been able to, um, to um, I, I, I learned from one of Dr. Schaefer's teachers, uh, Dr. McLeod, from, he's really a Scotsman, but he practiced in England. He did strictly a holistic practice over there, homeopathic practice. And in his book, they were talking about balnosos, okay? And this is what Dr. Bach of the, of the Bach Flowers uh, uh, Remedy era, okay, uh, he, he, he sorted that out for us, but he also sorted out these balnosos, and I was having problem with uh, animals with, uh, with diarrhea at that time. In fact, I had one that had diarrhea for a year, and uh, we finally cured him, but uh, once I learned how to use these balnosos, my, 
my success rate with these chronic diarrhea or acute diarrhea just went off the charts. And I can usually cure them in five days or 35 days. Mm. Um, and that means usually we give the remedy a, a month to work. So that's why the, the, uh, the 35 days. But uh, it's just been an extremely exciting ride because uh, of, of all the new products. And, and now we're getting into some products that help us um, cure cancer. Uh, so I'm, I'm treating an animal in Montana and near Helena right now. And we've tried two or three things for this cancer, and the cancer kept growing. And the last thing we tried, which is a, a rare mineral, it's called cesium, uh, the lady called back and says, this thing is just in, in front of my eyes every day. It's just getting smaller and smaller. I mean, mm-hmm. just like hey, this, this softball-sized tumor is down to the size of a prune or so. You know, so oh, absolutely. You know, oh, we're having some remarkable, um, remarkable successes, but, you know, part of it is that uh, I have such a, um, a restless personality that I just, <laughs> you know, if something doesn't work, I have to try something else. I have to try sure. something else. Are we related? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel the same way. You've got to keep looking deeper and more, and there's so much that abounds in nature that, wow, we have really lost touch with so much that was given to us. And I'm glad that there are people like yourself out there seeking it and also people like Catherine who are looking to the natural approach to help their animals. And I I know you work with horses, Dr. Westner. I can see that some of them are very grateful to you in the photos uh, for what you've done for them and I think that's really that speaks volumes to me when I see how the animals are responding Um, but today we're going to go a little bit further and talk with Catherine about this little dog Catherine tell us the story first of all how you found Puddins and then how you connected with Dr. Wessner well, actually, Dr. Wessner and I already knew each other. Um, our daughters, we homeschooled our daughters, so um, we became oh. friends that way. Oh, and, um, you know, we, and I was always interested in alternative medicine, and when I found out it was a holistic vet, I was very excited about it. And um, he actually helped me with my cat, Muffy, who was a rescue animal, and she had, she had cancer, and, you know, it's like when we gave her some treatment, and it, she got an extra year, two years out of her life, Jerry, something like that. And um, So she was great. Remember Muffy? It's uh yeah, yeah. Sure. So I mean, she was she was such a, a good animal, and and she was so difficult to transfer over to healthy food. Mm. And um and Dr. Wessner had suggested using tuna fish, and mm. it's like and she loved the tuna fish, and it was so good for her. Um, so she had a great life, you know, which was great. And but back to puddings, I had his daughter. And my daughter, I took the girls out for it. It was Kim and Kyra, and I took them out to the to the mall, and I took them to dinner, and I took them to miniature golf. It was like a Friday night outing. And we're walking around the mall, and they run into the pet shop, you know, as they normally do. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, we're not going to the pet shop. <laughs> and we went in the pet shop, and there was the cutest little puppy. I mean, Uh-oh. she was just precious. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm not having any dogs. There's just no way. It's like a cat's fine because we have to go away for the weekend. It's like the cat's fine. And, you know, no dogs, no dogs. Not, you know, and I was like adamant about it. And, um so they, they picked her up, and she was just, I mean, she was an itty-bitty little thing, and she's just, like, all black and furry, and she had this little white goatee that came down, and it made her look like an old geezer. So we were calling her a geezer in the pet shop, and um, they were playing with her, and within minutes they had already taught her two tricks, you know, and 
they were like, oh, we have to get her. And I'm like, no, no dogs. It's like I had three birds, a cat. It's like, no dogs. You know? <laughs> it's like, it wasn't happening. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we wound up playing with her for a little while, and it got later and later, and she was just really sweet. And, you know, I finally got the girls out of there because um, we were going to get something to eat, and then we were doing miniature golf, and, and, um, and we walked out of there, and I swear I felt like my heart was breaking. Uh, I was, like, ready to cry, and I'm like, no dogs, no dogs. <laughs> so, we, you know, and all night long, it's like as they're hitting the golf ball, they're like, this one's for geezer. <laughs> so they wouldn't let me forget the geezer. <laughs> was, you know, and we had, you know, she was so furry, we couldn't tell if she were a boy or a girl. I mean, it's like, you've seen baby poodles. They're just so you got her in a, a pet store, Kathy? Is that where you yeah, got her? Yeah, she, okay. she was a puppy mill, you know, mm-hmm. pet store. Yeah, most of those in the pet stores are. Yeah. yeah. Well, we went back the next day, and we bought you paid for her, but you rescued her out of there. And was she yeah. very, did she have some of the typical problems that we see in these puppy mill dogs? Yeah, she's, she's definitely, well, definitely the run to the litter. She's a, um, a miniature poodle, but she's the size of, of a, she's just under the guidelines of a miniature poodle. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people think she's a, to, you know, like a big toy dog. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's got the little roach back thing and, mm-hmm. um, so, but but she's sweet. She is the sweetest little bunny. She had love. she had um, health problems, didn't she? Well, yes. She she had fallen and um, she wound up having a seizure after that. And um, and I had I had right away called you know Dr. Wessner and he was out of town and suddenly his wife was like just take her somewhere. <laughs> I'll call him, but take her somewhere. So I. So she had a seizure. Up. Did she have a seizure? Had she had vaccinations? I just I'm going somewhere with this, but I just wondered yeah. if she had, had. She did. Okay. She had vaccinations, and and I'll get, I have a story about that too. But okay. I mean, I'll get you through the seizure first, because <laughs> um, you know, once upon a time, I used to work for EMS up up in New York, mm-hmm. and I took her off to. So I had some medical background myself, not you know, not like like anyone else, but um, I took her off to the vet, and right away they're starting to tell me, well, she's epileptic, and we're going to have to put her on prophylactics, and we're going to have to have her on this, Yikes. and we're going to have to have her on that. And I look at her, and I said, one seizure does not epilepsy make. Right. You know, <laughs> and she looks at me, and she says, well, I think I know what I'm talking about. And I said, uh-huh. I don't think you do. <laughs> no, good for you. <laughs> yeah, she was pulling out brochures, and I'm like, well, you know, brochures don't prove anything. She had one seizure. She fell. You know, it, it was a traumatic incident. Well, you and know? you are uh, a knowledgeable pet owner, which is what we're hoping to mm-hmm. accomplish here with our show, and I know right. Dr. Westner is with his as well. So Right. So so this this kind of went along, and, um, you know, and they should write me prescriptions, and I said, okay, whatever, and we, I took her out, and um, in the meantime, then Blair was able to get in touch, um, Dr. Westner's wife was able to get in touch with him, and, um, and right away you said, put her on Arnica. Mm-hmm. And I started putting her on, you know, because she came out of it, but she wasn't herself. Her personality mm-hmm. had completely changed, which is, you know, very, you know, common with post-seizure right. um, episodes. And, you know, I kept hoping it would go away, but it wasn't going away. So I, I put her on the Arnica, and um, he was out of town. He was, he was coming back in the next day, and, you know, he just told me what to do for her, and I was following your orders, and by the time, you know, the next day rolled around, her personality was coming back. Which oh, was good. really great, and yeah. you know, and um, so he knew the right he knew the right remedy for you to to pick up, and that that that's kind of. Um I mean, we've had a veterinarian here. Dr. Wesner, you probably know her, um, Dr. Christina Chambro. But, oh yeah. And and she has said that you know it, it, 
that you don't have to take a lot of time to learn homeopathy, but I, I'm not sure I entirely agree with that because you it, it it's got you've got to learn the con- I think the hardest part is learning the constitutional remedy for right. certain animals and are for, because it's an individual thing, but. For acute uh, care, certainly we could all have a first aid homeopathic kit on hand. Um, for chronic care, I don't know. I just still think it's a little bit of a uh, something that you've got to work with over time. I think that's what Christine was talking about. You know, for acute care and emergency situations, you can certainly have a kit and, and get very good results. But when you get into the chronic constitutional issues, yeah, you need training and a lot of study for that. She actually mm-hmm. said you you don't need a lot, and I thought, oh, that's not what I've been taught. But okay, <laughs> maybe she's been doing it so long that it felt like you know it's just second nature and that anybody could learn it. So. I know anybody can learn it, but it doesn't necessarily mean you learn it overnight either, does it? <laughs> oh, no. no, no. I know my study, I know I've gone through at least 40 books. Mm. Oh, um, my goodness. Uh, you know, yeah, I've purchased them and read most of them and used others for reference material. And I'm in, now I've come down to probably a dozen that I have uh, that I really rely on, you know. And right. A lot of it's some of it's reference material, but, you know, I mean, if you look at the books, there's so many symptoms in there, we just can't ever remember, you know. I mean, there's 10 pages or so for just one remedy in mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And in other places, uh, a remedy has a paragraph. Right. You know, I, I like to uh, tell people about uh, the pancreatitis. It, 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 we, there's a homeopathic remedy, which is a very small remedy. It's called Iris Versicolor. I think it's... What uh, is it? I don't, I don't, Iris Versicolor it's called, and I just don't have my book to uh, see what that's that's made from, but it is specific for that area of the abdomen, which includes the pancreas and the bile duct, and maybe the uh, uh, exit portion of the stomach. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really, it's, it, it, it is, and I've, I've gotten rid of pancreatitis symptoms in a little less, a day or two, and they've never returned. Uh-huh. I like and hearing yes, that, <laughs> because yeah. my dog has and, had challenges with that. So Okay, yeah. And, and uh, you know, if we do have an issue like that, then, you know, the follow-up on that is, okay, well, now that we've gotten rid of the acute phase, let's get into the constitutional, let's get the, let's check in that vaccinosis issue and try to get rid of that, because uh, if we get rid of those two, then my, you know, then we have a much higher success of having uh, no more illnesses for the rest of the, the animal's life. Wow, oh, that is so awesome. So, Kathy, is that what happened with um, Puddins that, you know, isn't Puddins like very healthy dog now? She's, she's a, a pretty darn healthy dog. She does have, um, we're, and we're working on it, she's got a little bit of, she's got glaucoma in one eye. Mm. And, and um, but How old is she? She's seven and a half. Okay. But you never know it. I mean, she runs around like she's a puppy. She is, her energy level is just too much for me sometimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, take a nap, please. <laughs> you know, not only does Are you working real- on this homeopathically and um, I'm sure nutritionally because I know, Doctor, and I loved reading this on your website, um, Dr. Wessner, because, uh, and we should give our audience your website, which is www.holisticvetclinic.net. Um, I read that you are a proponent of raw feeding or feeding species-appropriate diets to any animal. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we've actually had, it's interesting because we, of course, belong to some groups online, and we've had people who will swear up and down that they just don't buy into it. It's a craze. <laughs> and I remember saying rather rudely, and I had to apologize for this, um, okay, it's not a craze. Uh, that's like saying water isn't wet. <laughs> <laughs> this is nature. This is the way they're supposed to eat. So I'm really glad to hear that you're a big proponent of it. But you're more gentle because I noticed that you do encourage people to at least, if nothing else, read labels and, 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 and not have the chemicals, at least, in the foods that they choose. Well, one of the questions I ask people when their eyebrows go up when I'm telling them about the raw diet is, is take me down to the woods and show me the doggy diner. It just doesn't exist. So the wild animals are eating, you know. And here's another question I ask them. If you've ever seen a coyote or a wild dog run out in front of your car, or, or, or any animal really, you know, do they ever, are they ever bald? Do they ever stop in the middle of the road and start and scratch and itch and all and then run across the road? <laughs> you know, that's pretty pretty rare. Yes, mm-hmm. it can happen due to, you know, so many toxins in agriculture and, and uh, you know, junkyards and things like that. Right. But for the most part, the ones that are getting good nutrition and no vaccines have a luscious hair coat, lots right. of energy, and, uh, you know, and are just the healthiest darn, darn animals. So, you know, that's, that's where I come back on those people with, you know, and, and, but I ask them the question. Well, know? what would you say to somebody who said this? And I kid you not, this is exactly what I got. The person said they didn't, uh, they were the same one who said that they didn't buy into the raw feeding craze, I quote, uh, quote, unquote, and that these wild animals, I know that this is what these wild animals, dogs, uh, wild dogs, coyotes, wolves eat, but they had bigger jaws. <laughs> Oh, no. It's bigger jaws, and so they could handle that kind of thing. But I have a little tiny, um, I think it was a Pomeranians or something, and I thought, well, what does size have to do with anything? I know Boston Terriers and Chihuahuas and, and, and that eat raw. And so it was. I said, well, Great Danes are bigger than wolves. That was my response. She didn't like that, of course, but <laughs> I just wonder what she would have said. <laughs> well, I, I usually try to ask questions. You know, I said, well, how long does evolution take? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, a uh, hundred thousand years. Mm-hmm. Well, dogs have only been domesticated six thousand. So right there, we don't have enough time for evolution to for them to evolve to really take uh, to digest the the kibbled food, which has only been around since World War Two. Right, right. Mm-hmm. and you know the before that they were getting they were getting scraps and uh, you know table scraps and things like that. Yeah. Um, take two animals from the same litter, tie one in the backyard and throw them uh, uh, meat and bones and some veggies and things like that and take the other one to the vet and give them all the, the high-priced foods and you'll see who's the, the healthier dog in five years. You know? Right. I mean, it's a shame to treat a dog like that, you know, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's what it comes down to. Look at the, uh, the, the foxhounds. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, been to a kennel that has the foxhounds, but those well, dogs get raw meat fox. every day. They get mm-hmm. raw meat, and yet they are the healthiest, most energetic individuals. You know, so um, you know, just as an example. Mm-hmm. That's a really good example, and that's a good point. It, it was just interesting to me that what I was seeing when I sat back and really reflected on what, and I found out later that this person does this anyway, but what, what I was seeing was that it's inconvenient for me, therefore I will not do that. Or I've had the re- response that, ooh, I don't want to touch raw meat. There's a lot of ways around having to touch it. 
<laughs> but we do anthropomorphize to the point that we want to thrust upon our animals what we want for us. And it, it I think it's very, um, personally, I think it's wrong because it's, it's, it's unfair to them. Yeah. Well, what happens to me, to me um, I'll be lecturing or, or instructing a person as to, you know, why we should be giving the raw meat and all, and then the lady will look at me and say, well, I don't cook for my husband. I'm not going to cook for the dog. And I said, well, oh, no. who's talking about cooking? Not even on the same page here. But, uh, <laughs> but then there are prepared, you know, like they, there's a yeah. product out there called Beeves Frozen Raw Food, which mm-hmm. means that you can literally buy, you know, it all prepared, and all you have to do is portion off some of it and give it to them. And if they're nice and healthy, I don't mind if they have uh, if they have half raw meat, half raw vegetables with their supplements, and half uh, kibbled food, as long as it's a good holistic kibbled food. I, I have no problem with that. Anything that is an improvement Anything upon just pure kibble, um, exactly. you know, and, and exactly. of course, you know, with the meat and the meat, they need some bone. If it's going to be meat, they need to have that ground bone in there or some calcium or something just to balance that phosphorus with. But mm-hmm. but the point is that you're saying you're taking them progressively towards the better, you know, it steps in the right direction is what it is. But some people, um, Dr. Westner, just resist. Apparently, Kathy, you did not, did you? <laughs> No, no, I didn't resist. It's like, well, I, you know, I resisted the, the raw food diet, and we've gone back and forth over it. So she gets partially raw, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's like she takes her food everywhere, you know. If she oh. stay in one place. <laughs> one of those, huh? One of those. Oh, yeah. It's like she takes a mouthful of food, and she walks over to the carpet, and she lays it down in a, in a row, and then she eats it from there. And then <laughs> Oh, she's funny. She put very, on a little towel and let her eat it there, right. you know, or whatever. It's, I mean, they, they kind of eat her. <laughs> You they know, want to eat where they want to eat. They yeah. want to eat where they want to eat. And sometimes she, you know, she'll take it. And she's got, but it's not just one spot. You know, she's got three oh. or four different places she likes to eat. <laughs> Maybe it's the view that she's getting from that particular spot that she's looking for at that time of day. I don't know. Right. Um, but, you she's know, a little she, house wolf. <laughs> she is, she is uh, the queen of the roost. She's mm. definitely well, the queen. Now, has, uh, have, uh, Dr. Westner, have you, um, do you... When somebody comes to you for the first time, is it typically because an animal is sick or are they coming to you to uh, to get the whole natural health um, preventative focus? Very few are coming because, uh, well, I guess more and more are coming now. Okay, now that I have a reputation, mm-hmm. so they're coming because they want holistic care. And um, so we get uh, maybe 25% that are, are doing that, maybe a little less. But most of them are coming because they have problems that modern medicine can't solve. Right. Uh, yeah. Your last resort, huh? And then they all have to go through the uh, the give and take. You know, we're going to talk about vaccines and the harmful effects and what we can do. And we're going to have to go through the diet. And then we're going to have to go through the heartworm. And we're going to have to go through the mm-hmm. front line and any any drugs they're on. And uh, and then water. Okay, we even discuss water. Oh, it has okay. to be filtered. It has to be distilled in in the very chronic cases. You know, and then we can add uh, minerals later on, or we can go to the reverse osmosis. But you know, and they have to all go through that. If they don't, if they can't abide by that, you know, then uh, they're not clients. You know, I'm very yeah. adamant about that's, that. Oh, uh, gosh, that's so good to hear. You don't know how exciting that is. Here. When we yeah. come back, I'd really like to talk further with both of you about all the steps that you have gone to help your dog, Kathy, and um, and, and some of the things that Dr. Westner is doing. He's working with horses, and that is something Jeannie and I are very passionate about hearing, especially because you have also jumped on the barefoot 
um, wagging with the rest of us, and I think that is exciting to hear. So when we come back um, from the short uh, little promo here, we will talk further with both of you about those things and just really kind of go into depth because I think it's so important that people here, um, especially hearing veterinarians who have taken this path to this way, uh, Dr. Westner, so we will be right back. Don't go away. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September 28th, at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to louisvillepetexpo.com. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. I'm Kim Bloomer, together with Jeannie Thomason, and we're your hosts. Today, we are speaking with Catherine Paris, and uh, she owns the little dog we're talking about today, Puddin'. And also with Dr. Gerald Wesner, who runs the uh, a holistic vet clinic. Well, um, both of you have come to, to this um, uh, path, and I'm sure, Dr. Wesner, from reading your website, which is just loaded with information, I mean, you do a lot of other modalities, like you said, acupuncture at the top of the show and homeopathy. Um, you also offer... Um, ozone therapy, and I know you work with the horses a lot, so you have uh, recently got into the barefoot trim, and we're just, I, I'm, I'm curious, because you do work with the race horses at the track, are they catching on to that there? No, um, I have, uh, my, I've personally raced horses barefoot and had winners, uh, and had tremendous races with my, uh, with my horse, but um, the they're getting more and more stringent about everybody has to wear shoes, no exceptions. So, really? But I don't if I were, <laughs> if I were, if I were training uh, several horses, I would probably try to train them all barefoot, mainly because every foot is a pump for the heart and yeah. we throw their feet. Uh, you know, so they get their. I think their stride is much better when they're barefoot. And then if we have to throw shoes on to race, you know, put the minimum shoes on and uh, you know pull them off after the race. I mean, I think that's workable. Hmm. Um, my horse is racing now. He races every three or four weeks. You know, so. You know, it's not like you're you're constantly putting nails into the the hoof wall. And, right. You know, and we can always take maybe some uh, 
wax, beeswax or something and stuff in those holes to uh, seal them up so that they might, you know, not suffer any damage from yeast infection and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Now, do you see that? Uh, is there a problem with heart problems with these horses that are racing simply because, you know, when the foot flexes, then, you know, that's when the blood's going to pump up through. And, I mean, it just the whole the whole body works together in a synergy that we're kind of thwarting with those um, shoes. It, you know, after learning that, I said, boy, that makes so much sense. You know, how many horses are on Lasix? Okay, because mm-hmm. they're bleeding. Okay, you know, the blood pressure goes way up. Is it partly because they have uh, such a restriction in those feet that, uh, you know, there's a, a parasympathetic response? You know, it's very possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. that uh, we sure it something like that's working. You know, I did have a, ho- a race horse that was 15 degrees rotated, and uh, I had that horse galloping uh, at the racetrack uh, nine nine months with zero wow. degrees rotation that's and strictly awesome. barefoot and homeopathic. Oh, that just so, speaks volumes to me. I just think it? that we've, we've kind of gotten so stuck in a certain way of doing things that this is the way we've always done it, this is the way we're always going to do it, and, you know, we have met that resistance. Uh, Dr. Westner, I understand because I came and I, I met you and uh, Kathy through her show, and I remember you talking about, I, I think I asked the question, and I'll ask it here for our audience, do you meet with resistance in your, your own area where you, you both live as far as the way you approach animal health? With, with veterinarians and others? Well, the veterinarians don't like what I do. There was even an article in the paper, you know, one veterinarian does, does not like anything holistic. Mm. Um, Did he say why? Is, um, well, it, it came up because a horse that was on the homeopathic nosotes for encephalitis had come down with encephalitis. But what the veterinarian forgot to mention was all the other horses that have been vaccinated that succumb to that disease also. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's point. just like a- anything if, um, I, I read an article the other day, L-tryptophan was contaminated, you know, with a, uh, amino acid coming from China was contaminated with a toxic substance that killed one person. The FDA then said no more L-tryptophan. Right, it all up right, right. In the right. Yeah, their drugs kill thousands a year. Yeah, like two hundred thousand plus. <laughs> right, and and yet you know there's a double standard. You know, uh, yeah. so this is this is the kind of things that I face. You know, but we don't we don't dwell on that because what. To, I mean, if you're if you're in the business, let's say you wanted to go to a horse sale and buy a, a horse uh, either to race or to to take to another sale, the, the examination that I've come up with is so fantastic that in a minute I can tell exactly what the horse has and what you know. I I know if the horse isn't treated for what I find, that horse will never be a competitor. He might have one good race, and, and that doesn't mean he, he may win, he may come in second or third, but I'll right. tell you, the next race he'll be fourth or fifth, and the next race he'll be sixth or seventh, mm-hmm. and I can guarantee that to people. The, the examination I came up with is a, uh, I, I, I use a combination of a dowsing rod and my finger, and I check acupuncture points. And one day I was going over the acupuncture points in the horse's foot, called the ting points, and I came to the heart ting point. And this is where I started for some reason on this horse. So a lot of it has to do with intuition, I'm sure. But Mm -hmm. 
uh, as I was checking this heart pain point, I looked up at the people and I said, what in the world is wrong with this horse's heart? Now, I had never seen the horse before. I didn't know the people. Uh, I had never put a stethoscope on. I did not examine the horse. I just started checking those pain points. And they said, oh, he's got a real bad heart murmur. You know, so so these are the kind of things that I can find, you know, and in in very short time. And I don't care if uh, the you know the university can spend two hours with a, an animal. Uh, I know more about that horse the way I look at it, and it it comes around. We prove it because if they just follow what I suggest, in the thirty days, this horse is starting to blossom. Where you know you follow the regular veterinarian's advice, you have. A, you know, ten times as much money into the horse, and yet, as soon as all the drugs wear off, the horse is coming right back to where he was before. It cures. It cures nothing. It's a you know, it's a control. Right. right. It seems to me that that would speak to people where they would, you know, as they start to step by step. Just like you know, I didn't come to things overnight. I was a step by step person, and I think it's, it becomes cumulative after a while what you learn and then incorporate into your own life. And, of course, you know, because Jeannie and I both worked in traditional vet medicine for many years, I think it was a natural evolution for us to just go, you know, and further our education to, um, rather than just being, you know, implementing this in our own lives as pet owners, but also becoming part of the, um, those practicing natural health to help, to help pet owners and others uh, learn about this. So I think it was just, it's just, it's, it might feel small to us and we might take a step back for every two forward, um, but it's worth it, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the results uh, speak for themselves and the gratification. When people come into your office six years after after mm-hmm. uh, their first visit and say, well, I really didn't have to come back because he was healthy. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I followed your guidelines, you know. I mean, that to me, that's reward enough. But I have to tell you about this. I bet you have a practice, and even though you don't do vaccinations and all the other traditional things, and I think part of what we're hoping is that many veterinarians will be watching that as more pet owners um, start to request that and mm-hmm. and um, see that their practices can do one of two things. It can thrive if they will incorporate even as integrative medicine um, or <laughs> kind of get lost in the dust <laughs> is the way we see it um, because... Well, Go ahead. I, I had a uh, Great Dane breeder in the office today, and they said the, the latest that they have seen from, uh, I don't know if it was the association or one of the universities, is that animals only need to be vaccinated once a lifetime now. Mm-hmm. So it's a major uh, cry and a major step from uh, what everybody else is saying. You I know, wonder where they heard that. Years. Yeah, probably yeah. from the Rabies Challenge Fund, maybe yeah. or maybe from us. I don't know, but it was interesting because I know in Tennessee they're fighting right now just for the three-year rabies vaccine, even though the state is advocating for it, the veterinarians in that state are not. And yeah, sure. So the veterinarians are resisting, and I do understand from other veterinarians that the reason they resist is because there is a fear factor involved there for, you know, our practices thrive. This is our bread and butter, the vaccinations. Therefore, how can we survive? And yet, many veterinarians yeah. such as yourself who choose to take that leap of faith discover a whole other world that is definitely still, you're still in business. <laughs> you're still in business and your practices are thriving. Well, they tried being veterinarians. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, and I, 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 I think that's just partly what they're teaching schools nowadays primarily to be, and I, and I, don't, I, I don't know any other way to say this, Dr. Westner, but drug pushers because, you know, we have a pill and we have a vaccine for everything. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, let me tell you a story about this one horse that had glaucoma. Um, and this is what I, Kathy's going through, right, with her dog? Same thing? Glaucoma? Uh, yeah, well, okay. A, a client called up and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to refer these people to you because uh, the horse is blind and we want to see if you can help them. So uh, the people came up with the horse to the clinic and I looked at it and I said, whoa, you know, I mean, this is... This really looks like glaucoma to me, and I don't have a tonometer because I don't do a lot of, of uh, ophthalmic work. But mm-hmm. uh, so I put the animal on the uh, my treatment for glaucoma, and uh, about three or four weeks later, about three three and a half weeks, the the person who referred the uh, people to me called me and said, "Hey, remember that horse that you uh, looked at for glaucoma?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I know." And how was he doing? And they said, well, we went on a, a two- or three-hour ride, and they were walking horses, and he said that they went 25 miles that day or something. So anyway, I said, well, that's impressive. And he said, yeah, but the horse went through very tight areas, never stumbled, never mm-hmm. uh, hit anything, you know, didn't shy at anything. There was, he acted as if he had 100% eyesight. And when I examined this horse, he was stone-cold blind. I mean, wow. if you led him into a wall, he would walk into a wall. Oh, my mm. goodness. You know, he was he was that bad. So I was in the area within the next week, and I went to look at it. He was 100% cured. Are you that is amazing. That is. Here's That's the, exciting here's, to hear. Now, here's the other shoe dropping, okay? The people have never called up to follow any other procedures that I do. Hmm. Now, you know, it's, it, that's like getting hit over the head with a hammer, you know, and yeah. you, you have no clue what happened. You know? yeah. Well, it's like what I encountered with the woman I spoke about earlier with the raw feeding um, craze. It, it's just, this is where they, they get stuck, and I really think stagnate. Um, rather than going, see, you have an inquisitive mind, and so do we. So we keep progressing forward, wanting to see all avenues. You know, the bottom line for you and for us isn't status quo. Dr. Westner, it is to see that the animals are well, and right. and mm-hmm. and that is that is the difference. And I think that is the difference with pet owners like Kathy, and like uh, Barbara, who's in our audience. They want their animals to be well, not just you know, okay, stuck in. This is the way I've always done it. This is the way I'm going to continue to do it. It's a little uncomfortable to get out of that comfort zone and go forward. But when you do, wow, you won't want to turn back. Exactly. Well, that's, that's the whole thing, and. Um, Dr. West and I have a, a mutual friend, and she had said, you know, she's got horses, and she said, you know, it's a big leap of faith, and, and when you take the leap, she goes, you kind of feel like you're out there without a net, but when you see it work, you know it works, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there is a net, though, and I think that's partly why um, you're doing your, your show, Dr. Westner, and we're doing ours, and Kathy, that's why you have people like him on your show, mm-hmm. and uh, because it helps people to see, hey, there is a support network out there. There are other people who are seeing this, and I'm not crazy. <laughs> well, you know, and I don't care if people think I'm crazy, because when, you know, when I talk about you know, my animals or, or even, like, I mean, I do homeopathy on myself and my family. Mm-hmm. You know, we do too. My parents, I mean, you know, it's like I'm not giving away ages, but, you know, my mother's getting close to six to 70, and my father already is over 70, and they're not on any medication. Right. They don't take, they don't even take aspirin. They use homeopathics, and they're healthy yeah. and they're active. And all their friends and everyone they know are on anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20 pills a day. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm not on any. When I've gone to the doctor, they've said, y- you're not on anything. Oh, no, I'm not on anything. Nothing, not even, no, not even allergy medicine. <laughs> no. 
there's no need for it because if you eat if you eat properly and you take whatever supplements your body requires, you know you don't have these problems. The, the problems and use homeopathy and and right. and other modalities when you need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know people just don't understand. Drugs are toxic. They're 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 based on synthetic synthetic compounds of what was originally based on organic material. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like you're just putting synthetics in your body. Mm-hmm. Possibly Dr. Westner can um, talk a little bit about the difference between how things started out. Or We have about um, 12 minutes left, and um, I was thinking that we could talk about the vaccine and uh, the chemicals because, Kathy, you just said about synthetics, and originally they were based on organics. But synthetics are far cheaper to mm-hmm. uh, recreate and uh, and then and then make a lot of money off of. So, Dr. Wessner, could you explain the difference between something organic goes in your body versus something synthetic? Well, let's talk about um, let's say herbs. Okay, mm-hmm. they have a lot of herbs that they're they're learning about from the uh, the, uh, the jungles, and these have tremendous properties to cure chronic disease to to cure cancer, you know, they're, they're wonderful. But the drug companies will go and they'll try to isolate the one substance that they think is responsible for curing the condition, and then they'll isolate it and try to make it synthetically. And, you know, they're having dismal failures with that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like if you, uh, if you take a lot of vitamin C, uh, you have to take massive amounts of vitamin C to to uh, equate to the amount that you can take in a complex. In, in nature, we see complexes. So in oranges and citrus fruits, there's a bioflavonoid complex, a vitamin C complex. Mm-hmm. And the levels are much lower than uh, you would take on Dr. Linus Pauling, you know, suggested, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 grams a day. Mm-hmm. When, you know, and, you know, and yet if you, all you have to do is eat a, a tomato or, or, a, or an orange or, or whatever, or, yeah. Or, you know, other, you know, yeah, and you get much less, but the synergy from the complex complex gives you an enhanced, uh, you know, production of the uh, immune system and all that. So, so, so that's, that's a big difference right there. So you're talking about the whole food, which is the way we were intended to consume that and, and not just by removing little constituents and um, then patenting that and selling it as, as a, a supplement or whatever. Um, and, exactly. and also, and also with the synthetic, with the synthetic in the body, the body doesn't recognize it as something. It recognizes it as something foreign, doesn't it? Uh, I believe so. Sure. So, I mean, in essence, it might reject it. But aren't drugs, Doctor Westner, and vaccines? Aren't they? far more than what you'd ever encounter. I think part of what I've understood about drugs is they, you know, people say, well, I get better. Well, it's so much that the body just, it totally suppresses the immune system so that the drug can work. Mm. Yeah, that's what they don't realize, that so many yeah. of the drugs are immunosuppressive or suppressive. And suppression means that the symptoms go away, but eventually you, but you feel not as good as you did before. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually the body will mobilize its defenses again and try to let you know that it needs help 
So, you know, it'll probably come out with a little bit stronger type of reaction the next time. And then what they do is use a stronger drug to suppress. Mm-hmm. And they constantly, to, you know, this is it's just a revolving door, you know. Until you have a full-blown disease, which, you know, the symptoms were alerting you to something out of um, balance or out of homeostasis. And then, you know, uh, the symptoms are a good thing. We must love our symptoms. and <laughs> They're alerting us to something <laughs> wrong. And, right. and I think that we do that with our animals, too. You know, everybody wants to make it go away when really you work with it to determine what is wrong so that you can, the body heals itself if it's supported correctly. So, um, and that's what you do with the natural modalities. That's what you do with diet and everything that you've talked about with us today. And and that's why Kathy's dog, even though she had obviously um, poor breeding, uh, and Kathy, my dog, the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we, we continue to battle that, but if we were to stop with all this toxin overload with our pets, eventually over time they would begin to get, with each subsequent generation, would get um, healthier. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of natural rearing breeders are proving that. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And, and the problem with the vaccines is three generations deep. In other words, right. generations cut breeding to those animals that have been vaccinated so heavily so to, uh, to accomplish a really healthy litter. Mm-hmm. And, and, the nice, and the nice thing is that a lot of these guys that are compromised are, you know, nice and strong, but, boy, every once in a while, even in a holistic litter, which isn't three generations free of vaccine and drugs, uh, we come across very weak ones, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's just, I guess, the, the luck of the throw of the dice, you know. What is it typically, Jeannie, as, you know, we did a show with some natural marine breeders last week, um, Kathy and Dr. Westner, and um, they said it was how many generations? Oh, um, they're they're talking about six generations of um, to totally do away with all the DNA damage. I guess I don't know. Maybe that's right. old yeah. old thought, but unbelievable, you know. But it, it I'm, is. I'm sure. I'm sure. And even it, Dr. Pottinger even proved that with the three generations to ruin them and four generations to get them right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it is important that we continue through, even if you're not going to you know, breed or anything, but you will, if we start getting our animals from those who do naturally raise and rear and each generation can get healthier. But the vaccines are our biggest challenge, Dr. Wessner, as you well know. Um, you and Kathy both know that the vaccines are really the biggest challenge at this point because there is so much resistance from all the powers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, we're going to have that resistance until the day we die. I, I believe that we Probably. will. because And, and, and one, one thing Dr. Schultz said, and he's part of the Rabies Challenge Fund, he said that if, and he quoted this a while back, I imagine it was in early 2000, 2001, but he said if we had never vaccinated for distemper, for example, there would be no distemper today because the diseases naturally evolve. It's, it's the way nature works for natural selection. Therefore, some will die, but eventually then we will grow stronger and be able to resist that disease. But unfortunately, what we're doing with vaccines is we're making the bugs stronger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are. Go ahead. And the immune system weaker. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we're, we're we're almost like a generation of weak mutants. <laughs> That's the way to look at it. But, yeah. we, but we can turn it around, and it's really just educating people. I know we have a few minutes left, and I would really like for Kathy and you, also Dr. Westner, for each of you to share um, 
each share your parting words of wisdom that you would like to impress upon the audience in closing in, and just any suggestions that you have that would encourage people to take that leap of faith into natural health for their animals. Kathy, why don't you go first? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, nutrition is is such an essential part of of a healthy life, Um, and you want to stay as natural and as holistic as possible and you know and holistic is it means whole so it's like you just can't go part way mm. you know and i think once we recondition the way we think it's not a chore to take care of our animals or even our families holistically you know it's like because we kind of get packaged into you know like consumerism where it's like everything comes pre-packaged and ready for us to just you know throw in a microwave mm-hmm. well yeah let's just kill ourselves a little quicker you know, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. You, you know, so it's it's once you once you uncondition your mind from what the public relations people want you to do, to say, mm-hmm. um, it's very simple. It's very basic, and you know, it's uh, many years ago. It was so funny because um, you know I work all these crazy sporadic hours, and I had been working. It was I think it was like my sixteenth hour that day, and I was just starving. And I was on my way home, and I just didn't feel like cooking because I was tired and my feet hurt. And I drove my car in through McDonald's, and I was sitting there on the on the drive-through lane because I was too tired to get out. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have to eat this in the car because the dog's going to want it, and it's no good for the dog. <laughs> and then the light bulb went on. And I'm like, if it's not good for the dog, why are you me? Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because I thought about the dog first, you know, because uh-huh. I have on, you know, healthy food and a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, her treats are fruits and vegetables. She won't, she'll turn her nose up at dog treats, you know, and walk yeah. Good for her. She's a smart you know, dog. <laughs> she knows the good stuff, and she's like, that's not it. So it was funny. So I had to get off the line and go home and actually cook for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good for you. You did oh, that. Oh, yeah, you. that well, is yeah. good. Yeah, well, it's like once I realized, I was like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not feeding it to her, why am I feeding it and to Kathy, her? And Kathy, do you think yeah. it's really that much harder? Do you really think it's that much harder? to? I think it's easier, yeah. to be honest. It's, it's actually easier to cook and eat mm-hmm. better, and I know I feel better um, It's easier out. to feed your animals a raw diet, and that goes oh, yeah. for any animal. I mean, from herbivores to carnivores to omnivores, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, it's very easy because all you do is, it's like when you go shopping for yourself and your family, you know, you you buy what you need and you kind of separate it in the refrigerator or the pantry as you need it and, you know, parson it, you know, put it in its portions that you need and you take it out as you need it and you do the same thing with a dog. It takes 15 minutes a week. Right. Yeah. There you go. Thank you for saying that. That was really great to hear you say that. And um, I would like to um, encourage everybody to visit Kathy's website. I think the best one to go to, isn't it, Kathy, is um, com. Yes. And they can find your other websites there as well? Yes, they can find out everything. Everything's being revamped. You know, it's, uh, I switched okay. servers, and I thought I had backed everything up, and I have to rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> and they can find your um, radio show on blogtalkradio.com. Yes. It is the Drive Time Talk Time Show. If you don't remember mm-hmm. the URL, you can type it into the search box there, and it will come up. And right. Dr. Westner, what parting words of wisdom would you like to impress upon the audience in closing? Well, I'd just like to tell people that I would say probably 95, 98% of my clients are women. Uh, the guys that well, who are... Who does that tell you? <laughs> let's, let's look at it from the guy point of view. The okay. guys that are interested in holistic medicine are really geniuses, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, 
for for those that are interested in holistic medicine, I, the best thing I I can advise them is to read and to you know talk to people, listen to the shows, do it slowly, uh, you know more or less. Uh, don't 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 try to rush into everything at one time because it's too confusing. I know the people that um, that I uh, educate in my uh, practice practice. You know when when they come into the the clinic for the first time, you know their heads are spinning when they leave. You know, oh, and yeah. I get a lot of handouts and I write things down for them so they can go home and study it. And, you know, that really helps because they have to digest it slowly and then they have to accept the change. And, you know, and then they can make the change. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, and we just know that, you know, when you're getting into something new, you have to absorb it and you have to get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would think, uh, you know, we should, you know, counsel people is to, you know, look into it, but, you know, stay with it and, you know, go slowly and absorb it. And then once they see the, the differences, they'll never go back. That's, that's, that's true. They'll never go back because the animals are happier. Do you know that we have less accidents and trauma injuries with holistic animals than other animals? I believe and that wholeheartedly. Horses, we have less colic. I don't think one oh, of my clients yeah. has had a single colic you know, in the last five years. Right. And we're not we're not even using warmers anymore. Or if we do, it's once a year. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> Good news to hear. Reserves and homeopathics and diatomaceous mm-hmm. earth and things like that. <clears throat> but, you know, that's that's to help the animal's immune system and, and it's a sort of a slow, easy growing type of uh you know, vermifuge rather than a harsh chemical. So mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing the results, you know, and um, my clients. Thank you. From Thank you guys for sharing so transparently and so kindly the way you guys both shared. And I would say in a nutshell, take the leap of faith and go slowly and take those steps in the right direction. I would say even begin with nutrition and go from there and um, uh, visit Dr. Wesner's website at um, holisticvetclinic.net. Lots of information there, and from water to food to, to all the natural modalities and so forth. So um, we appreciate both of you. We know you're both very busy, and we appreciate you being with us today. And we wish you both continued success in all your endeavors. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and Nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.